0: Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today, as always. We are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, folks. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcast. However, you want to watch or listen, we've literally got you covered every single way. Um, all right. Today is a big old Tuesday. We got to update our cash and trash list, we've got to update our power rankings talking about you know week 17 still in the NFL tomorrow we'll still do our, our Wednesday film study there's still stuff that we can take a look at and some things that we can still see that will help us make our predictions and picks for you know this upcoming wild card super super wild card weekend three games on Saturday three games on Sunday so we still have work to do folks just because the regular season's over doesn't mean you know the season's over so we're still kind of still doing our same schedule here and we still got to talk about week 17 little bit more in-depth so we got the cash and trash list and our power rankings all righty but before we get into all that we got to do our stories of the day so here we go and this one is developing this one just broke an hour ago head coach for the Browns Kevin Stefanski and two other members of the coaching staff and two other players of the Browns all tested positive these are not high high risk close contact these are positive cases this is not going good in Cleveland I mean folks they just got out of a 20 year playoff drought they finally get here and they're, everybody's getting COVID. This is not good. Kevin Stefanski, this was a huge green flag of why we like the Browns because this man's been calling really good game plans, except for Week 16, but we're trying to block that one out. Um, The man is calling perfect game plans for Baker Mayfield and just having him be a game manager. Now he's out. Now let's take a look at these two players. Um, left guard Joel Benito, uh, Bitonio, and wide receiver Kaderil, Hodge so missing the wide receiver is not a huge piece but definitely the guard is you know on the offensive line that is a huge piece um so this is not looking good for the Browns here they still have a lot of their on-field talent which is good you still got Baker Mayfield and Landry and Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt uh but Kevin Stefanski he's really you know you have to give him at least at least 30 percent of the credit offensively for the Browns this season so Not good here. The only really thing that's keeping the offense together is the head coach. And now he's out with COVID. He cannot coach this game. Um, I believe here it is. Special teams coordinator is going to be the head coach now. So he calls special teams. He handles the the special teams. And now he's going to be the head coach. So this is not going to be good. Not going to be good. Now, I wonder if Kevin Stefanski is going to try and be like remotely calling the plays because this is really, this Browns game is really just all balancing on if Kevin Stefanski is able to call plays or not. That's how maybe not good this Browns team could be if Kevin Stefanski is not calling plays for them. I mean, we just saw what happened last season. They really had all the same talent in Freddie Kitchens as the head coach and play caller and they won six games. Kevin Stefanski comes, they got 11 wins, so This is huge, folks. This is not good. And I really, this sucks if you're a bronze fan. Honestly, you get all this way and now it happens. The outbreak happens now. Not good. All right, let's move on. Those were all the COVID news. So that's good, right? Only one team has an outbreak. If we're looking for silver linings, there it is, folks. All right, uh, let's uh, keep going here. And once again, we're a little vindicated on the show. Ron Rivera said they, quote, definitely have to look at, Possibly rotating Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke on Saturday because of Smith's calf sprain. This is what I've been saying. I like Taylor Heineke. The man did pretty good You know, when they called his number two weeks ago to replace Dwayne Haskins and tried to lead them back to win. I think he put up like 14 points, which is pretty good because Alex Smith really can't put over more than 20 points. So this uh, Washington offense is really not that good. And Alex Smith is not a huge, great quarterback. I mean, I'm telling y'all, before the injury, he was nothing special he was an above average you know game manager now after the injury two years removed the man can't really move around in the pocket a little bit he seems a little timid um you know not wanting to take the big hit the big hits He's he's really been dinking and dunking, not really airing it out. And I know the Washington, you know, football team doesn't have you know explosive downfield receivers, so I get it. But still, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to put up points, and Alex Smith is really not doing that. So I love that Ron Rivera is at least giving it you know a thought. Hey, we have this man Taylor Heineke. You know, we have some film on him, and he has been playing pretty good. You know, the one time that we called on him, Alex Smith. I mean, they were stuck at twenty points against the Eagles. I mean, if Jalen Hurts played in the fourth quarter. They probably don't still win because Jalen Hurts can't score in the fourth quarter. So we 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 understand Doug Peterson's decision not to start Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. The man hasn't scored in the fourth quarter. So, um, but anyway, back to Washington. Um, love that Taylor Heineke could possibly. I would like him to start the entire game. Um, I don't think. Uh, Alex Smith is going to be able to kind of outperform Tom Brady. I don't think Taylor Heineke can either, but I think he'll be able to do more than Alex Smith can. So I really love that Ron Rivera is at least thinking about possibly, maybe starting Taylor Heineke for the entire game. So we'll see. Alrighty, righty, and I love it. Yes, I love this. Chargers request an interview with, uh, for the head coaching job of the Chargers with Giants offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Oh, boy. I'm telling y'all, look what this man did with Daniel Jones with no running game. He led them to what? What'd they get? Six wins? I mean, pretty respectable. And then Daniel Jones got out, and then he got COVID, so the end of the season was a little wonky. But, you know, up until Daniel Jones went down with COVID, they were the leaders of the NFC east I mean this Giants offense was actually pretty good for the lack of weapons that they have and you know not having Saquon Barkley and trying to do something to to try and have this offense still be productive without basically their number one you know option I mean Daniel Jones is good and I do like him but Saquon Barkley is a beast my guys so Saquon Barkley is definitely the number one in that offense and then Daniel Jones I would say would be the two because he's the quarterback so Love that Jason Garrett's getting some respect here, and I would love to see what he can do with Justin Herbert. I mean, holy cow, 66% completion percentage his rookie year, 4,300 yards his rookie year, 31 passing touchdowns his rookie year, and you don't think Jason Garrett's going to have success with that? Everybody's been saying with the Chargers, they're just a plug-and-play quarterback away. We know Anthony Lynn hasn't been able to win you know the 50-50 games on a consistent basis, so you, know, you bring in... Jay- Jason Garrett, he's got time with the Cowboys, and I understand people's skepticism. Well, oh, you know, when he was with the Cowboys, they only went, you know, eight and eight and never anything great, but look what the Cowboys are now. They're worse, but they have the same roster, so what's the one big change? Mike McCarthy, now I understand Dak got injured, but even still, up until Dak getting injured, they weren't good. And Andy Dalton's a serviceable quarterback, folks. I don't want to hear it. He's probably the best backup there is in the league right now. Maybe Jameis Winston's better than him. Nick Foles is not. Mitch Trubisky not. I mean, I would say that, you know, you would obvi- you would definitely put Andy Dalton in top three of backup quarterbacks right now in the league. So, the fact that Mike McCarthy wasn't able to have success with him, and Mike McCarthy's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and Jason Garrett's not. So, why is Mike McCarthy not elevating a team? I, I don't get it. So... I don't think Jason Garrett was the was the problem in Dallas. I think he was actually the solution because they're actually getting worse without him this season. So, love that this man's getting another look. I don't want him to leave Daniel Jones because I think this is the perfect man for Daniel Jones to have six, uh, success consistently. And I do want to see Daniel Jones flourish because he's got some good skills and I like to watch the man play. So... Love that this man, I really hope he gets the job. That'd be great, really. I would love to see Jason Garrett go on the Chargers and win a ring with Justin Herbert. I would love it. Um, so, we'll keep an eye on this. righty, and this one caught me a little bit by surprise. I didn't think uh, Matt Rule was going to be like this, but Panthers coach Matt Rule says Teddy Bridgewater, quote, has to have a tremendous offseason. I mean, wow, way to put the pressure on this man. Now, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't really been great this season. He's been good. He's been good. I don't want to say very good, but he's been good. Um, he hasn't been clutch. That's the one knock. He's turning it over in the red zone. He's taking sacks when you know, you're know you trying to get points before halftime. So that's really why they haven't been winning too many games and why they've kind of been falling behind in the, on the scoreboard in most of their games because he's just not putting up the points. And yes, you can have good yards and completion percentage and all that, but at the end of the day you need to put up points. And Teddy Bridgewater really hasn't been this season. Now you know, Chris McCaffrey's been out the entire season, so that's basically taking away, you know, 45% of your offense. I mean, imagine if Alvin Kamara was out for the Saints the entire season. Do you think they would be as good as they are right now? You know, even with Drew Brees and all the wide receiver weapons, they still wouldn't be as good, uh, you know, without Alvin Kamara. So, kind of same situation here with the Panthers. You know, first year for Teddy Bridgewater, first year for Matt Rule, and I get Matt Rule's trying to kind of, you know, be the authority here and hold everybody accountable, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, he would probably go easy on Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. Um, You know, both coming on to a new team at the same time, you know, alright, you help me out, I help you out, not playing, you know, favorites and, you know, specialism if that's the word, but, you know, you, you have a bond between head coach and quarterback, because, you know, the head coach basically delegates, you know, the leadership role on field to the quarterback, so you have to have some trust in them. so, um... It definitely just caught me by surprise. The article, I mean, he's not bashing Teddy Bridgewater in the article or anything like that. It's just, you know, he hasn't played well down the stretch this season, especially last week and all that. So he he's justifying all of his points, and we've got no problem with the points that he rises in the article. Just definitely caught me a little by surprise. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback in Carolina. I don't see them moving off of them. Um, but yeah, just a little, just a little interesting. Matt Rule trying to establish himself as the uh, the leader here in Carolina. I got, I don't got no problem with that. He's been doing a pretty decent job. I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with the Panthers this season of how not great that they did, but still of what they did on the field. I was a little um, little impressed by it. So watch out for the Panthers next season. Get Christian McCaffrey healthy, Teddy Bridgewater letting them system a little bit more, and they'll be good next season. All righty, and Dolphins fans, we all rejoiced on Twitter for about f- 10 minutes maybe, and then it, the rug got pulled out from under us. Um, Chan Gailey was fired. And then he wasn't fired, so ESPN reports that Chan Gailey was fired, the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, and everybody was cheering, I was cheering myself, I don't like the man, Um, but then, you know, 10 minutes later, ESPN comes back with this tweet, ESPN says says that Chan Gailey has not been fired, and the error has been corrected, and the story has been removed from ESPN.com. Come on, I was really rooting for this man to get fired. Now, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. I get it, blah, blah, blah. But this man's not helping out Tua. He's not calling great plays for Tua. They still have to air out the field. I mean, his play calling really kind of reminds me of Adam Gase. Not really playing to the strengths of your players, just playing to the strengths of your ideal ideas of a player. So... Like, the screens, they don't work. They may work on one drive to catch everybody off guard, but you can't run screens and slants and that the entire game because then the defense presses up. You have to extend the defense. Chan Gailey does not extend the defense as much as he needs to with Tua out on the field. Now, he does it with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is a little weird. Like, you know, still call the place for Tua. He's got the arm. We, we, We believe in Tua's arm and accuracy. So let's try and, you know, force the ball down the field a little bit. Chan Gailey doesn't. He was fired for a second, not fired overall. Hopefully, he does end up getting fired, but you know, one can hope. We'll see. Alrighty, and then this one, um, I just said it. I I, I want to put this out here because I hope I hope this isn't the correlation I'm trying to make here. So here it is. Most contested catches in 2020. Devontae Parker's number one with, uh, or they're both tied with number one. Devontae Parker and Allen Robinson both have 21 contested catches. So who's Allen Robinson's quarterback? Mitch Trubisky, and we don't really like him too much. Who's Devontae Parker's quarterback? Tua Ooh, I don't want uh, you know Tua being you know in the same category as Mitch Trubisky. I'm um, hope I don't have like fan blinders on for Tua. I don't think he's as bad as Mitch Trubisky, but let's keep an eye on this tweet. And if uh, you know Tua starts develop- developing into a Mitch Trubisky, it's been right in front of us in, in right in front of us this entire time. So we'll come back to this tweet if uh, Tua is not performing well. And then we'll uh, end the day with our stories on this tweet right here. ESPN tweet is about, you know, offensive rookie of the year, comparing Justin Herbert and uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, And we got to give it to Justin Herbert. I mean, folks, these stats for a rookie quarterback are absolutely amazing. We have, I mean, the fact that you're throwing 66% your rookie year, that should alone give you, you know, rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year, just like that. But then you add 4,000 yards on top of that. I mean, folks, good quarterback. You know, throw for 4,000 Like above average good, you know Potentially Hall of Famers, potentially GOAT quarterbacks All throw for like 4,000 yards every single season The lower tier quarterbacks throw between like, you know 3,500 and 3,800 So the fact that Justin Herbert's coming right off the rip And throwing 4,336 yards It's super impressive And then the passing touchdowns, 31. I think he broke Baker Mayfield's record, um, rookie record of like 27, 28, something around that mark, and he threw for 31. So this man is taking every single category, uh, completion percentage, Uh, touchdown to interception ratio, and yardage, and he's just absolutely blowing it out. So super impressed by Justin Herbert. This man should be the real deal. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't fall back. Now, he might take a step back in the stats-wise because it is going to be hard to kind of keep up these stats back-to-back years. I mean, you know, the pros, the best quarterbacks, you know, have trouble doing that as well. So um, we're rooting for Justin Herbert, and these stats are absolutely amazing. Now, I don't want to knock, you know, what Justin Jefferson has been doing this season. He's really been really carrying Kirk Cousins a little bit. Um, you know, replacing, you know, Stephon Diggs as, you know, the number one. And, you know, he go, Justin Jefferson slides to the number two because Adam Thielen goes up to the number one. But still um, trying to just, you know, make up for what they lost in Stephon Diggs. And he's definitely doing that. 88 receptions for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. You know, receiving for over 1,000 yards is absolutely fantastic. And this man's definitely doing it as a rookie. Uh, but I think we have to give Offensive Rookie of the Year to Justin Herbert alrighty let's quickly go over what happened in the NBA last night so here we go Cavs Magic and two pretty good teams in the east I mean both with pretty good records Cavs 4-3 and just making it do getting it done everybody you know contributing from the starters to the bench getting it done winning games love to see that and then the Magic I mean they were pretty good before the bubble last season then I think they had an injury in the bubble and they just weren't that good first round elimination so they're back this season they're kind of all you know healthy at full force and they're 5-2 and see Aaron Gordon here, 24 points, 11 rebounds. Love to see that. Let's see who else is cooking on this Magic team real quick. What else do we got here? Uh, Vucevic, 23 points. Look at that man go. You know, 2 of 5 from 3, doing what he does. Markel Fultz, uh, only 6 points. What do you have? 8 assists, though, so still facilitating the floor, getting it done. Um... Bench. How's their bench looking? Solid contributions from Terrace Ross. Absolutely a great bench player there. 15 points. And then Kem Birch, 12 points again. I think we've called his name a couple of times when we look at the Magic. Definitely solid, consistent on the bench. Getting you 10 points off the bench is tremendous. And uh, the Magic had two of them this game. So very well done. Alrighty, 76ers, and ooh, Doc Rivers, folks. He is coaching up a storm here in Philadelphia. They get the win. They are 6-1. and one. Now, let's break down some of these stats and these players who is doing good here. We know, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So, Ben Simmons, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, really doing everything. Still not shooting the best, 46%, not taking 3 still, classic Ben Simmons. Then we go to Joel Embiid, 14 points. He did have 11 rebounds, so good good there. Um, Danny Green, 13 points. What'd he shoot from three? 37%, three of eight. So uh, Danny Green, nah, I'm not the biggest fan, but you know, putting up 13 points, that's exactly what he needs to be. He's basically kind of the... Th- fourth option, he may be the fifth option honestly on this starting roster um, definitely to Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, number one and two, however you want to rank it, Seth Curry I'd put that, and then Tobias Harris at the four so Danny Green, yes, he's the fifth scoring option, so him putting up 13 points is actually you know kind of acceptable here in Philadelphia, whereas last season, he was kind of the third Probably about the third option. You know, LeBron James, AD, 1 and 2. And then you get probably Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, maybe even Rondo. You know, you can rank those however you want for 3, 4, and 5. But, um, you know, Danny Green's taking a little bit of a lesser role here. And he's making the most of it. i like to see this 13-point contribution. Now, we've seen him, you know, this season not have, you know, double-digit points. Which, not great. But we'll keep an eye on him. Uh Seth Curry, 11 points. Would he shoot 2 of 2 from 3? Perfect. I mean, this is pretty – this is a – decent starting roster Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris and Danny Green they can all they can all you know shoot on paper they you know these are shooters Tobias Harris, Seth Curry and uh, Danny Green they're supposed to be shooters uh, not all of them show up every night but they've got some good players here this is definitely a team to watch out for and Doc Rivers, hey, he's back to coaching good. So that's something good to see. But we'll see how it goes in the playoffs. You know, he couldn't do anything with that Clippers team. Couldn't do any – or <laughs> the Clippers, obviously. He coached the Clippers. He couldn't do anything with the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan team. Couldn't do anything with Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George. Now he's trying to do it here in Philadelphia. We'll see how it goes throughout the season. But so far, 6-1. and Got to give the man a little credit. Alrighty, and then let's carry on. Here we go. Knicks Hawks and the Knicks get another win and they advance to four and three. The Nets are three and three, folks. Who's the better New York team? The one with all the talent or the one with uh, Top Thibodeau as the head coach? The one with Tom Thibodeau as head coach, unfortunately. So, um, Knicks beat the Hawks, and that's definitely surprising. Hawks, you know, coming down a little bit, they definitely had a very hot start. I think they got out to like 4-1. and one. I think they dropped their last two, so definitely got to keep an eye on them. Trey Young's definitely not the problem there in Atlanta. 31 points, 2 rebounds, 14 assists. Holy cow, what a day for him. Um, oh, and let's shut out Julius Randle. Holy cow, 28 points, 17 rebounds, and 9 assists. Who do we need to be on the lookout for this Knicks team, fa- Folks, holy cow. Julius Randle, as we said, absolutely destroying the stat sheet. 28 points, 17 rebounds, four offensive rebounds. That's fantastic as well. Nine assists, one steal. He did have seven turnovers, though. That's nah, that's not the best. That's like, you know, now you're getting into Russell Westbrook number turnover, so he's got to rein that in, but, you know, this stat line we can kind of forgive some of those turnovers. All right, Austin Rivers coming off the bench, eight points. Kevin Knox coming off the bench, six points. So, um. Yeah, they've got you know. This is definitely a very young team, as we see. You know, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox off the bat. You know, Alfred Payton. Very young squad here, and Tom Thibodeau's getting them into nice shape here. I like to see that four wins. We can definitely get behind the Knicks this season. <laughs> Alrighty, Thunder in the heat. Heat uh, back to getting a win there. Jimmy Butler's back again as well, and they kind of just destroy the Thunder. This Thunder team is not good. I mean, they don't have any pieces. They have future draft picks, but when are they ever going to use them? It's like every single year. It's like, oh, they've got, you know, the first and second round in next year's draft, and then, you know, the next year comes, and it's like, where would those draft picks come? Because, you know, they're still not good. So, unfortunate for the—I mean, who's the best player on here? Lugan Stortz is good. Al Horford is good. Shea Gillis-Alexander is good. George Hill is good. But they're all kind of like role players on good teams. You can't put a lot of role players that would be good, you know, one on each team and have, you know, four good role players together to have it have success consistently. So, you know, this is kind of why we're seeing the Thunder not being good this season. Uh, he get the win, 118-90 to 90 over the Thunder. Alright, Celtics. Look at this. Oh my goodness. We have to talk about the Thunder or the Celtics because Jason Tatum is absolutely going wild this season. 40 points again this week or this game. Six rebounds, two assists. Jalen Brown, 19 points, 5 rebounds. I mean, they did get a little bit, you know a little worse from last season to this season they lost a couple of key shooters and Jason Tatum is taking over you know the lost shooting ability from last season and is doing it all himself I mean look at this he shot 62 percent from three five of eight and then he shot you know 58 percent from the field I mean this man is absolutely balling he's hitting clutch game winners he's really the reason why the Celtics have five wins honestly All right, let's see what Daniel Tice is doing. Two points and three rebounds in 13 minutes. I don't like that man. I don't want him to be the starter, so I'm glad that he's not getting a lot of minutes. So that would be, uh, you know, Robert Williams coming in. He's got 11 points and 15 rebounds. That's what I'm saying. I do not like Daniel Tice at all, folks, at all. Um, I really can't believe they kept Daniel Tice instead of Ennis Kanter. Truly cannot believe that. But Celtics are getting some wins here, and Jason Tatum is the main reason why. Already, Rockets back to losing because they've got nobody besides James Harden, and he doesn't even want to be there. So Mavericks getting back on track here as well. They're only four, 3-4, and four folks, having a little tough time out of the gate here, not really carrying too much momentum from last season in the bubble to this season, taking a little bit of a step back. Luka Doncic, 33 points, 16 rebounds, 11 assists, walking triple-double, and he's winning games. So, you know, take advice, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Although he did have eight turnovers this game, so it's not clown Russell Westbrook. You know any more than we need to. Um, all right, so Mavericks get the win there. Bucks back strong, one twenty-five win, one fifteen over the Pistons. Pistons, mm, Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin are not elevating each other. Unfortunately, they're one and six. They're they're not going to be a good team. Unfortunately, I was kind of rooting for them at the beginning. Uh, Pacers Pelicans Pacers winning again They're 5-2 Got a great uh, squad here 118-116 to 116 over the Pelicans And then let's just Quickly finish off here Warriors Seth Curry Steph Curry is going crazy again 137-106 to 106, He had 30 points 9 assists 8 rebounds Very well done I mean Everybody was clowning The Warriors The first you know Two games When they lost both of them This is why You know You have to take You know About the first 10 games In the NBA season To really see Alright Who's the legit teams who's the semi legit teams and who's definitely not legit out of those first 10 games yes the Warriors had a slow start but they're getting better they're four and three now everything's coming together I mean you've got champions on this team folks they're not just going to be bad and awful for an entire season when they've still got you know key players still available except for you know Klay Thompson so Steph Curry, 30 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, as we said. He shot 41% from 3, 5 of 12. Um, Andrew Wiggins, 16 points. He shot 50% from the 3. Love to see that. Draymond Green, 5 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. All right, in 21 minutes. Definitely got to get that up a little bit. Uh, But, you know, he's trying to get, you know, reacclimated into this offense or this team. Uh, James Wiseman, 10 points, 4 rebounds. All right, having a little success here early on. Love to see that. Uh, so yeah, pretty good shooting squad, you know, when Steph Curry's on, which he's usually always on almost, you know, 80% of the games, you know, he, they're hard to stop. Um, All right, <clears throat> let's quickly do our NBA moneymaker. We haven't really done this for the last couple days, so let's try and get back on this. We've had, you know, busy days these last couple days, trying to fit a lot into these shows, trying not to let them go, you know, so long, you know, I could be here five hours a day, folks, I truly could, uh, but we try to condense it down a little bit. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Moneymaker for today's NBA games, anything that we are liking. Nets plus four and a half against the Jazz. I'm assuming KD or Kyrie's going to be out. That's why the spread's this big. So I'm going to stay away from it. If KD and Kyrie are both playing, then yes, I take the Nets plus four and a half. Um, all right, Lakers, Grizzlies, Lakers minus nine. Not ready to take that, swallow that many points yet. I'm telling y'all, let me get 10 games in to really start seeing who's the good teams and who's not. I'm not swallowing nine right now. Nuggets, Timberwolves, Nuggets minus 10.5. Once again, really don't want to swallow 10.5 points. Clippers, Spurs, once again, high spreads. Holy cow. Clippers minus 9.5 now against the Spurs. Greg Popovich, he's he's coaching a pretty good squad here. Uh, Let me double-check this. Let me double-check. What's their record at? 2-4. and All right, so they're not the greatest, but DeMar DeRozan still doing pretty good. Clippers minus 9.5. And And then the last game, Portland minus 9.5 against the Bulls. Holy cow, these high spreads. We're going to take one of them. We got to take something here for our moneymaker. What is the best? What is the best? I think the best one, if we're going to swallow all these points, let's do it for a home team. Clippers, minus 9.5 against the Spurs. Um, Paul George, hopefully everybody's playing here. You know, Kawhi Leonard, once again, a little wonky betting basketball as well because you have to know, all right, if they're playing back-to-backs, you know, usually half their starters really aren't going to play or their big names aren't going to play. See if we get, uh, you know, anything like that here very, very quickly. Not seeing any big names out for Kawhi. Yeah, so I mean, they should be all playing. So that's good. That's exactly what we want to see. So we'll take Clippers minus nine and a half. They've been really kind of blowing out teams in their wins, in their losses. Obviously, they don't blow them out because they lose. But in their wins, they are kind of, you know, destroying teams. So we'll take the Clippers minus nine and a half. That's going to be our moneymaker for today. Alrighty, now let's go into our our NFL cash and trash list and power rankings. The last regular season cash list um, of the season. So, you know, we got a big pool to pick from next week, not a big pool to pick from. And, you know, the list is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, you know, we'll have our MVPs of whoever's left standing at the end of the season. So, this was the cash list going into Week 17. We had Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Jeff Wilson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jason Sanders, Michael Bagley, uh, Seahawks defense, Michael Gallup, A.J. Dillon, and Devontae Adams, a packed cash list for last week but a lot of players are coming off so we'll start at the top go the way down to the bottom we'll remove people that we need to we'll keep the people that need to be kept and then we'll add people at the end who is cash this week let's get into it so Stefan Diggs is the first one on this list and he played good he definitely played well the Bills absolutely destroyed the Dolphins Josh Allen had himself a hell of a game but um but um you know Josh Allen let's see what he did I mean or um, Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 76 yards, good, no touchdowns. So very solid game for Stefan Diggs, don't get us wrong. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of points to be had, and he didn't have, you know, any of them. So unfortunate there. Great game by Stefan Diggs. Didn't score, so we're not going to say it was a cash game. Bills fans, don't hate me too much because Josh Allen's the next player on this list, and we are going to keep him. All right, put down the pitchfork, folks. This man is absolutely balling. Um, and he did all of these stats in like half, half the game, half the game, (laughs) Josh Allen, 18 of 25 for 224 yards, three touchdowns in the interception and the interception came on his first drive. And then he overcame it by throwing three touchdowns later in the second quarter. So I can forgive the interception when it's early and you make up for it. And then you don't make any more mistakes because of it. And Josh Allen had a fantastic game here. He just went wild. He just went wild. One, two, three straight touchdowns. Three straight touchdowns, and then he was playing so good that the special teams decided to play good and returned a kick for a touchdown as well. So everything was rolling. Josh Allen, he's the lifeblood of this team. We got to keep this man on the cash list. Alrighty, now let's go to David Montgomery running back for the Bears. The only reason why the Bears are good. The only reason why the Bears win games. And unfortunately, this week he only ran it 22 times for 69 yards and a touchdown. He needed at least what? Well, Aaron Rodgers put up four. So David Montgomery would have needed at least four touchdowns to try and have a chance to win this game. Unfortunately, he didn't. He only had one. So that's why they they lose the game. We we all know we can't count on Mitch Trubisky. So David Montgomery, good game. Unfortunately, no. Not a cash game. You end up losing. And, uh, you know, seven, 69 yards, one touchdown. It's good. But, you know, there's obviously better. And we will get to the better when we go to our auditions. Because we had some 250-yard rushers here, folks. All right. Alvin Kamara is the next one on the list. Let's get over to his stats. Well, we actually already know because he did not play. <laughs> he did not play. He was out with COVID. So um, we are going to keep him because he did not play. We couldn't judge him. So we'll keep him on this cash list. Alrighty, now let's go over to Thomas Brady and this man balled out as well. Look at this man go. 26-41, 399 yards, 4 touchdowns, 1 pick. And then look at this, the most impressive numbers, 5 carries for 3 yards. Oh my god, called dual threat. Do we have to reclassify Tom Brady as a dual threat quarterback? So great game by Tom Brady, they got the win, great in the second half, keeping it up, you know, you know they played it as a must-win game, and if this is their must-win, 40, 44 points, watch out for this Bucks team in the playoffs, folks, we're keeping Tom Brady on this cash list. righty, then let's go to Mike Evans. Um, well, he got injured kind of early in this game. So, you know, his stats definitely showed this and affected him. Three receptions for 46 yards. Unfortunate that he did get injured, but we are going to have to take him off the cash list, unfortunately. Um, all right, now let's go to Jeff Wilson. Running back for the 49ers absolutely murdered it last week. Really was the only reason why the 49ers had a chance of winning the game last week. Two weeks ago. Um, But then against the Seahawks, how did our man Jeff Wilson do? 20 carries, 76 yards, one touchdown. Very well done. Great game by him. I would say good game. Let's not go great. Um, He also did catch three uh, passes for 12 yards and another touchdown. So two touchdowns, um, you know, Right under 100 yards. Unfortunately, it was all for naught. They ended up losing the game. Really lost by 10. Last second uh, touchdown. Made it a little bit competitive than what it actually was. But um, Jeff Wilson, a really good game by him. Don't think we're going to classify it as cash, unfortunately. So we're going to have to take Jeff Wilson off. I mean, what a great, you know, last two weeks for that man. Hopefully, you know, he stays with the 49ers. It can go somewhere else and be a premier back because these last two weeks he was really killing it. Love to see it. All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins are officially done, unfortunately. So we are going to have to take him off the list. You can't prove yourself here anymore. You got to go. You got to go. We got to see Cash on a consistent basis. And he's not playing next week. Truly unfortunate. Truly unfortunate. Um, All right, let's keep going here. Jason Sanders once again. Um, He played. He won't be playing anymore, though, this season, unfortunately. Um, I believe he hit all of his field goals. Dolphins settled for two field goals, I think. What do we got here? Jason Sanders. Let's go over to him. Kicker for the Dolphins here. Uh, Two of two from field goals. Two of two extra points. So he had himself a good game. At the end of the day, they didn't need him because we were getting blown out and needed touchdowns and not field goals. So Jason Sanders, you're good. Unfortunately, you didn't need to be cashed. There was no, you know, circumstances where, you know, late second field goal like he did against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. So Jason Sanders comes off the list. Then we go to Mike Bagley. Bagley, however, you pronounce his last name. I think we have it typed wrong here on our notes, unfortunately. We'll fix that. Uh, but where is he at? Here we go. Nope, that's the Rams looking for the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, where is he at? Well, I know the Chargers won and they beat the Chiefs, and um, here it is. Here he is. All right, Mike Bagley, what do you do? 0-0 zero, zero from field goals, but he went four four from extra points. So solid game from him. They didn't, they never called on him, unfortunately. So good game by him, but not cash worthy. So uh, Mike Bagley comes down. Alrighty, now let's go to the Seahawks defense, and they just beat the 49ers, secured their spot in the playoffs, their seeding in the playoffs, and you know have a little bit of momentum coming into next week. Um, so the Seahawks defense, they did force, did they force any turnovers? I don't think they did. Yeah, they had one. They had C.J. Beathard lost a fumble. Um, So very well done there, creating a turnover. And really, this was the perfect time to create a turnover. And this is why we are going to keep the Seattle Seahawks defense on this cash list. Yes, they gave up 23 points, and they weren't, you know, didn't have, you know, 10 turnovers. But the one turnover they did have, look at this: Seahawks just went down, took the lead. A three-point lead 19 to 16 only two minutes left and the Seahawks defense finally steps up and uh, you know makes CJ Beathard fumble and that ices the game because then the Seahawks go cash in another touchdown now they're up 10 with under two minutes left you can't put up you know 10 points in two minutes unless you know you're very very good which the 49ers are not unfortunately or get a little lucky which once again the 49ers did not get lucky or did not have the skill to overcome a 10-point deficit with under two minutes left so Because of the timing um, of the Seahawks defense, we're going to keep them on the cash list. Stepping up at the right time. That's cash, baby. Winning the game basically for your squad. I mean, the Seahawks really could have iced the game. But, you know, it was just such a short field of where C.J. Beathard fumbled that they had no really other option but to score. Uh, They kind of ran out of real estate there. So, could have iced the game. The defense really iced it with the turnover. So, we're going to keep the Seahawks defense on here. All right, now let's go to Michael Gallup. Cowboys lose not good for them had a chance to still be in the playoff hunt come you know Sunday night even though Washington still won so it wouldn't have mattered but you know at the time they still could have had a chance at the playoffs. so Michael Gallup here four catches 49 yards no touchdowns that's not cash to me folks that is definitely not cash to me so he comes off All right, last two, A.J. Dillon and Devontae Adams, both on the Packers. Let's see if any of these two players will stay. So we'll start here with A.J. Dillon. And um, he's at the very bottom of this running list. One rush for three yards. That's definitely not what we saw last week, over 100 yards rushing. So A.J. Dillon, he's got to come off. You know, this Packers, they've got some great talent. You know, unfortunately for A.J. Dillon, they still got Aaron Jones. And, that you know, he went off that game. Not off, but he did the best. (laughs) Uh, He also got all the carries, so. All right, and then we go to Devontae Adams. Six receptions, 46 yards, one touchdown. Good performance. Are we going to elevate it to cash? I don't think so. Under 50 yards receiving, only one score. So very good game, don't get us wrong, but we are going to kind of reserve the cash list for above above that, (laughs) above those stats, unfortunately. So we take A.J. Dillon and Devontae Adams off. But don't worry, folks, we've got some additions here. So here we go, the first edition. Is gonna come from the Tampa Bay Bucks game, and who is it gonna be? Are we gonna to put Tom Brady on this list? Well, he's already on here. So who are we going to acknowledge as cash? We gotta give it to Antonio Brown. Eleven receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. Love to see it. This is his first time on the cash list. So everybody, give this man a round of a round of applause. Very well done, Antonio Brown. I mean this. This Bucks t- team is getting right at the right time, and this is absolutely fantastic. Very well done, Antonio Brown. Big, big, a speedy threat, wide receiver who can catch. That's exactly what he did. So, all right, here we go. 1-3, <clears throat> 21, got to add the date now. Got to add the date now since we're in the new year. Um, all right, here we go. Antonio Brown, congratulations. All right. Now the next um, you know player team defense on this cash list is going to be the Giants defense folks and kind of like Seattle's defense. Look at what this Giants team did. They go down, extend the lead up to 4, 19-23, and then the Cowboys go on this long 17 play. 58-yard, 5-minute and 12-second drive at the end of the fourth quarter. And what happens? The Giants defense steps up big, picks off Andy Dalton on third and goal from Giants 17-yard line. I mean, look at this defense. They got into first and goal from the Giants 7, and then a 10-yard sack, and then a holding penalty, and then the interception comes. So the defense of the Giants, very close of giving up the game, but they bent, it didn't break, loved it. They get the win, and we have to praise the Giants' defense for that. So very well done to the Giants' defense who will uh, be on this cash list. Very well done. Love to see that. Game-winning defenses, there's nothing better in the game of football than that, folks. I'd love to see it. Alrighty, and now let's head over to the Ravens game. We got an addition here to the cash list here, and we got to give it up to J.K. Dobbins, rookie running back from Ohio State. 13 carries, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Absolutely love it. I believe this is the first time J.K. Dobbins has been on the cash list as well. So once again, give this man a round of applause. Love seeing all these ca- new members of the cashless here. At the end of the season, they just needed, you know, to get there, to get better, to have an entire season under their belt. They're getting hot at the right time, so very well done. J.K. Dobbins, I mean, watch out for this Ravens team in the playoffs, folks. Holy moly. Their running attack is absolutely insane. They just ran for 400 yards. I really could have given it. I could have put, you know, Ravens running back committee here, uh, but we are going to kind of highlight J.K. Dobbins for the two scores, definitely. So, well done. All righty, now let's go to Buffalo and y'all already know we got to add Tua to this cash list, right? Come on, this man played perfect. 35 of 58 for 361 yards, one touchdown, three picks. That's cash, folks. Unfortunately, that's not who we're adding on the cash list. Unfortunately, um, but we are going to add Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. This man had himself a great game. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. The Bills, not only are they great, they are deep. They're going to Isaiah McKenzie. They didn't even need Stefan Diggs to score any points, and they still put up 56. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and did we mention they're getting Kenny Stills? They have Kenny Stills now. So they're so deep. They've got wide receivers, and everybody catches everything that's thrown to him. They never drop any balls. So Isaiah McKenzie, let's see his stats here. Six receptions for 65 yards and two touchdowns. And not only that, this man had an 84-yard punt return touchdown. Now it's interesting, they don't put it in the stats here on NFL.com. Look, you see the zero on the touchdown. But when you actually look, you know, he did score the touchdown. I I know he did. And when you look at, uh, you know, the drive of when he did it, which is uh, right here. They give him credit right here. I mean, um, hang on, hang on. That's not it. (laughs) Is this it? Where is it? Yeah, right here. Um, Yeah, 84 yards, Isaiah McKenzie for the touchdown. So, I don't really get it. Did he fumble it? No, no. Yeah, he scored. So, he's got three touchdowns. It doesn't matter. If they don't give him credit, I'm giving him credit for the touchdown anyway. So, Isaiah McKenzie, very well done. And, you know, his first time on the cash list as well. Look at all these newbies, folks. I love it. Isaiah McKenzie, hell of a game. Hell of a game. All righty. We got three more here. Let's go to the Colts game. And, no, we're not adding Philip Rivers to the cash list. I think you all already know that. But uh, let me just say that. All right, here we go. I mean, the Colts don't win if it's not for this man, Jonathan Taylor. He's really the only reason why the Colts have eleven wins. Um, thirty carries, thirty carries, thirty carries, folks. Thirty carries. Uh, you know, Frank Reich knows that. Hey, I can't really trust Philip Rivers, so we're th- we're running the ball thirty times and only throwing it twenty-seven. Who do you trust? Well, they just showed us in the box stats here. So, 30 carries for Jonathan Taylor, and he made the absolute most of all those 30 carries. 253 yards and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, he had the icing game, uh, icing touchdown as well, because this game was 14-20. to Going into the fourth quarter, Colts could not do anything, folks. They could not do anything, but Jonathan Taylor, he gets that last gust with four minutes left and ices the game 28-14. to So, Jonathan Taylor. I believe he's been on the cash list maybe once before. Um, but either way, he's having himself a hell of a year. Hell of a year. Alrighty. Well, we have to go to another running back here, and we got to go to the Titans, folks. If we're talking running backs, we've got to talk this man, folks. Titans running back, Derek Henry. Holy moly as well. 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he did fumble as well, which is not great. But when you're running it 34 times... I'll give you one fumble when you're rushing for 250 yards. I'll give you one fumble. Just don't make a habit of it We'll let the fumble slide here. Derrick Henry's going to the cash list. I mean 250 yards folks. It's just ludicrous It's ludicrous and hes that's like the fourth time he's done that. Fourth time running for over 200 yards in a game. At least four. It, pro, it, it could be like 10. It, it truly could be 10. So, Derrick Henry, a hell of a game for him as well. And then our last. Um, Hang on. Do we got one more? I cannot read this name. What the hell did I put on this list? I don't even know what this says. Okay, I'm gonna skip this and if I can figure out <laughs> if I can figure out this name, we'll go back and add him. Oh duh duh <laughs> duh. Alright. Here we go. We gotta go back to Green Bay for this one. I mean Aaron Rodgers is so efficient. This is like 79, 80% completion percentage, 19 of 24 for 240 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Just efficient. Efficient, folks. I mean, that's what he does. Must win game for them to secure the number one seed on the road. Division rival, knock them out, 35 points, win 35 to 16. Really didn't even struggle in this game at all, really. They struggled to really open up the third quarter a little bit, you know, having to punt on their first two drives. But other than that, they score on literally every single drive that they have. Aaron Rodgers, he's just picking apart defenses as well. So Aaron Rodgers, he's got to go back to the cash list. Um, he's just so efficient, folks, and that's why he should win MVP, in my opinion. The 70% completion percentage for the year, the, you know, what has he got? 48 touchdowns now, 10 interceptions, not even like the 4-1 to touchdown interception ratio. So this man's just absolutely killing it. So we add Aaron Rodgers. So very well done to this cash list. Um, You know, some players, what do we got here? Giants defense. Giants defense, is that the only one that's not going to be in the playoffs next week? So, we'll have to take them off next week, but for this week, they can ride it out. They can definitely ride it out. Um, All right. Now, let's go to the bad side of the list, the trash list. Nobody wants to be on this list. Definitely nobody wants to be on this list. So... The, the trash players going into Week 17 were Kyler Murray, Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Phillip Rivers, Dwayne Haskins, and Young Way Koo. So here we go. We'll go from the top to the bottom, seeing who has to stay and see who has to go. So the first one up here, Kyler Murray. I mean... He got injured very early in this game. Very, I mean, didn't even really play the majority of the game. But what he, when he was in there, 8 of 11 for 87 yards. Didn't turn the ball over. Didn't score. But didn't make any mistakes. I mean, he didn't play trash. So, I mean, it was a decent performance. I mean, I'll take eleven of uh, uh, 8 of 11 for, you know, 80 yards, basically. So, Kyler Murray, he is t- getting taken off the trash list. That's not a trash performance, folks. Um, all right. Now, uh, Kevin Stefanski... He had a better play calling day. He had a better scheme that I definitely agreed with. He got back to the running attack. Didn't let Baker Mayfield throw it 50 times. So, love to see that. They ended up winning the game. Good for him as well. So, good play caller. I mean, look at this. I mean, Nick Chubb, 14 carries. Kareem Hunt, 20 or 10 carries. So, very, very evenly matched between run and pass. Not letting Baker Mayfield do everything himself. So, Very well done by Kevin Stefanski, so he can definitely get taken off the trash list. Better game plan there, my man. Unfortunately, he's not going to be here next week, so how unfortunate is that? Alrighty, now we go to Baker Mayfield. He was also on the trash list for not being great and fumbling at the end of the game and losing, all of that. So here we go, Baker Mayfield, 17 of 27, 196 yards, one touchdown, no picks, um, no fumbles, so that's great as well. Um, he also ran six times for 44 yards and didn't fumble. So that's pretty impressive. So all that being said, it wasn't a great game by him. I mean, not even throwing 200 yards, only one touchdown, but at the end of the day, he did enough just being a game manager. And that's what we want from, you know, Baker Mayfield. He's not, you know, going to go out there and throw it for 350 yards and five touchdowns every game. That's not his game. One to two touchdowns, no turnovers, good completion percentage about, you know, 60, 62, 63%. That's his game. Um, So, very well done. Baker Mayfield is no longer trash. Well done. Alrighty, now we go to Deshaun Watson. He's been on the trash list because, you know, fumbling, not great in the fourth quarter. But this game... They actually finally got it done. They, they didn't win, but they ended up on a game-tying drive, potentially game-winning drive, 38-35. to 35. They're down three, and Deshaun Watson leads a good drive and doesn't turn the ball over. Now, you know, the defense gives up, you know, the, the big play with 18 seconds left, so the Titans win it. But at the end of the day, game coming down to the wire, and the Texans offense is on the field, and they're not fumbling. I can definitely get behind that. Um, Deshaun Watson, 28 of 39 for 365 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw the interception, not the best. Um, so definitely got to clean that up still, but you know, still a good performance by him. No longer trash, not fumbling in the fourth quarter, not fumbling, not turning it over, you know, when you have a chance to go out and tie or win the game. So for those reasons, we could take him off the trash list. Alrighty, now comes Philip Rivers and you're probably thinking to yourself well he won the game so I should take them off right? Well, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here folks. The one knock that we have on Philip Rivers is and this kind of Colts team in general is that they don't score in the first or in the second half and Philip Rivers throws interceptions lazily when the game is still close in the second half. Now what happened in this game, they barely scored in the second half, got bailed out by a Jonathan Taylor, you know, 45-yard run with 4 minutes left and Philip Rivers is still throwing lazy touchdowns in the second half. I mean, folks, we watched this one yesterday. Not great. Did we watch it? We'll watch it again tomorrow if we do, but or if we did. But Phillip Rivers is not playing good, and I'm not ready to say that this man's not trash. I mean, look at the stats. 17 of 27 for 164 yards, one touchdown, one pick. This is against the Jags. The Jags! We just saw Mitch Trubisky struggle against the Jags in the first half. Now Philip Rivers is struggling against the Jags the entire game. So if Mitch Trubisky's trash for, you know, stuttering for one half, and Philip Rivers is doing it for the entire game... Who's worse, Philip Rivers or Mitch Trubisky? Y'all yeah, make that decision. I got my own. I got my own beliefs on that. I'd probably say Mitch Trubisky's a little worse, but I still don't like <laughs> Philip Rivers like that. So yes, yeah, so I'm keeping Philip Rivers on this trash list, folks. He's not proving that he's good. These last two weeks have shown his true colors, what he's kind of been masking all season. This is why Philip Rivers doesn't have a ring, folks. This is it. Not good in the big games. So Philip Rivers is saying not, and I'm not taking him off. All right, Dwayne Haskins, uh, we had to keep him on for last week, um, you know, because he still played last week. But he's no longer there. Didn't play this week. Not gonna play next. <laughs> not gonna play next season either. Um, so we have to take him off the trash list. And then we get Young waiku the game losing instead of game tying field goal from two weeks ago against the Chiefs. What did he do this week? Did they even need him at all? Let's see his stats. Two of two for not that much. I mean, his longest one was 22 yards, and he kicked two field goals. Once again, Matt Ryan not finishing in the red zone classic, and then uh, three of three for extra points. So he had himself a flawless game. Did everything he needed it to. So we can definitely take him off the trash list. So Philip Rivers is the lone member on this trash list, but we do have, we do have some additions here. Yeah, we do. All right. So the first addition is coming from the Cowboys game. The reason why we put the Giants on the cash, the Giants defense on the cash list is the same reason why we're going to put this man on the trash list. Andy Dalton, you have a chance to go and win this game and still be in the hunt for the playoffs because this was a 1 o'clock game. That Washington game was 8 o'clock. So at the moment in time when this game ended, if the Cowboys won, they could have been in you know the playoffs. They could have had a chance to be in the playoffs but Andy Dalton says, no, no, no. We're going home right now at 4 o'clock. I'm not I'm done with the. I'm done with the season. I'm not waiting till you know uh, 11 o'clock when the game ends. I want to be done right now at 4:05 when this game ends, and that's exactly what he did. Throwing an interception in the red zone, taking a sack, so it goes from first and goal from the seven to first and goal from the 17. I mean, this is not good by Andy Dalton. Let's read the stats as well. 29 to 47 for 243 yards. No touchdown. One pick. I mean 29 completions for 243 yards. That's dink and dunk, folks. Why are you dinking and dunking when you have CD Land, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, I don't get it. I do not get this Cowboys offense, and I'm blaming Andy Dalton. I'm blaming Zeke, and I'm blaming Mike McCarthy. No, but I saw no leadership this season from any of those three players, and they all have leadership experience in the past. Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl uh, winning head coach. Andy Dalton, he's been a f- uh, the number one quarterback on a team for you know ten plus years. Zeke Elliott, he got paid first. He's he's a big name. You know, people regard him as you know top five running backs in the league. I don't anymore. I, I probably did coming into the season, but nobody's stepping up. Andy Dalton, you are trash for not completing what you're supposed to do, which is go down and win the game at the end of the game. Andy Dalton is trash, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's uh, move on here. All right, our next one is going to be from the Bengals game little bit of a blow out there. And I don't want to add this player on just to be mean. But, I mean, truthfully, objectively, these are not good at all. At all. I mean, I, I know Ravens are good. And the Ravens defense is good. And the Bengals have nothing to play for. But you could have made a little bit better of attempt. I mean, we got to add this man, Brandon Allen. He had a fantastic game, you know, last week against the Texans. But this week against the Ravens, oof. 6 of 21. 6 of 21, folks. That's like 30%. It's like 30%. 6, 12, 18, less than 30%. It's really not good, folks. 48 yards. 48 yards on six completions. Dink and dunk. I didn't even think you can get dink and dunk when you don't even complete more than six passes. But he did it. No touchdowns, two interceptions. Everything was not going right from this man. And you know, he's not going to be, you know, he's a backup. So I don't want to clown the man too much, but. Woof, you could have done at least a little, a little bit more. This is truly trash. And I, I like I said, I don't want to clown the man or harp on this man, because Annie Dalton's trash is way more than, you know, Brandon Allen's trash, because Annie Dalton's a little bit more established than Brandon Allen, but at the end of the day it was real trash. So we gotta add Brandon Allen to the trash list. It will only be one week. Don't worry. We'll take him off next week. He's not playing anymore. Alrighty. Um alright. The next one is gonna come from Well we'll just see The Buffalo and Dolphins game And folks We gotta add the entire Dolphins Team we gotta add the entire this is how the Dolphins play in a kind of win and in scenario against a division rival you flounder to the max to the max The what, what, what are the knocks on the Dolphins that their offense doesn't move the ball and it's still not moving the ball so that's not good the defense let Josh Allen carve them all up I mean come on like put up some fight this is to get into the playoffs and nobody stepped up on the offensive side or defensive side so with all that being said it pains me to do it but But this this was an utter trash performance. Like, uh, watching it as uh, as a fan of the Dolphins, it sickened me. Watching it as a fan of the game, it sickened me. For a chance to make the playoffs, and this is the performance you put up. Whew. Miami Dolphins going on the trash list. Truly, truly unfortunate. It pains me. I take no joy in doing this. But it has to be done. Um, What I saw was... I I I'm trying to erase it, actively erase it from my memory. So dolphins trash. Alrighty, and you know who else is trash, folks? You know who else is trash? You, you didn't think I was gonna put the dolphins on the trash list and not put this man on the trash list, come on. <laughs> Here we go. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky trash, trash. I don't want to hear it. Thirty-three of forty-two. You may be saying, oh, the completion percentage was good, which it was good, which it was good, but. 252 yards 33 completions 252 yards dink and dunk classic no touchdowns one pick non-competitive and he's only got credit for one pick but let's show you this play Let's show you this play. And you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, I've seen this play again. Oh, this is the same play that you show every week. No, it's the same concept of the play that I show every single week of Mitch Trubisky. But he's still doing it every single week. So here it is. First in goal. 21-10. to 10, Trying to score right before half. I mean, if Mitch Trubisky can make this a 21-17 game going into halftime. Oh, we got ourselves a game. We got ourselves a competitive quarterback duel here out in Chicago. But uh, let's see what he does here. Let's see what Mitch Trubisky does. Cause anybody guess? Can anybody guess what he does? Should have been easy Intercepted red zone pick. Watch this play again. Watch this play again folks. Where is he going with the ball? Where is that? It's all covered. The 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 Green Bay Packers used the same exact defense that the um, Who did they just face last week that he did the same thing with? I mean just cover the end zone because he'll throw a pick watch this Watch this, this is a predetermined route If you're throwing to 12, it's behind If you're throwing to 11, it's severely underthrown Severely underthrown So I'm hoping you're trying to hit Allen Robinson And just are trash Because if you're trying to hit number 11 That's the worst decision I've seen ever by a quarterback Um, And just look at it This is a total drop Total drop, it's right in his hands He's ready for it Boom, in the breadbasket, he just drops it so once again, Mitch Trubisky getting bailed out. This didn't go against him, and they still had it. You know, they still put up points because of it, but they shouldn't have been able to put up any points. Shouldn't even been able to put up three. They should have been a second interception. I would have pulled him. I would have pulled him if I was Matt Nagy and I saw this. I pull him for the rest of the season. I'm not letting you play in the playoffs if you're throwing this type of ball. Mitch Trubisky, we still see you out here. We still see you being trash. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Mitch. We missed you. <laughs> we missed you here. Oh, uh, Mr. Bisky, back on the trash list. Unfor- <laughs> unfortunate for that man. All right. And then our last player on this trash list is going to come from the Carolina game. And we kind of mentioned it a little bit at the top of the show with the story of Matt Rule saying, hey, this man's got to play a little a be- little bit better. We got to add Teddy Bridgewater to this to this list. Uh, Thirteen of twenty-three, not the best there. One hundred and seventy-six yards, no touchdowns, two picks, just not getting it done in the red zone. I mean, they had multiple attempts to try and you know do something, but he's throwing interceptions on the eighteen-yard line. Absolutely cannot do that. They're turning it over here. You know, fourth and one at the twenty-one, can't pick it up. I get you know I you know Teddy Bridgewater didn't you know. Uh, Run the ball or pass the ball on fourth and one, but on third and four throws it, you know A yard short of the sticks not making you know the right decision there get it to the first down marker Another interception here. Where is this one on New Orleans 19 yard line? So not being clutch. This is truly not a good performance by Teddy Bridgewater. This would have been competitive close game if Teddy Bridgewater was, you know Scoring in the red zone and getting it done, but he hasn't been so we still like Teddy Bridgewater He's still a good quarterback in my opinion. He just has not been clutched this season for whatever reason it is, whether it's a new team, lack of weapons, lack of running game, whatever it is, hopefully he cleans it up for next season, and I think he definitely can. So, this is a trash list going into next week. Phillip Rivers, Andy Dalton, Brandon Allen, Miami Dolphins, uh, Mitch Trubisky, and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Andy Dalton, Brandon Allen, Miami Dolphins, and Teddy Bridgewater will probably all get taken off next week. Unless I kind of leave them on here as kind of, you know, last week. Hey, you haven't proved yourself. Maybe I'll take you off. You know, you can try and prove yourself again week one of next season. Um, or we make him a Hall of Famer or something like that. But either way, you know, we'll do something special with those since, you know, they can't prove themselves this season anymore already now for um, our power rankings so uh, last time of the regular season to do our power rankings we have a lot of shakeup here um, I'm not taking the season as a whole into account I'm kind of taking definitely week 17 and maybe the last two three weeks I'm bundling it all together for kind of you know a last for kind of you know the playoff power rankings um, all these teams are in the playoffs obviously I'm not putting any team on here that's not currently in the playoffs Like I said, I'm kind of coupling, you know, week 17 and 16 and 15 all together for this one. So, this is how we feel the power rankings are going to be who the best teams are going into the playoffs. So, we'll start at number 10, work our way down to number one. So here we go. All right, let's recap. So going into week 17, here were the power rankings. Uh, Bucks at 10, Steelers at 9, Dolphins at 8, Saints at 7, uh, Titans at 6, Ravens at 5, Packers at 4, Seahawks at 3, Bills at 2, and Chiefs at number 1. All right, here we go. New number 10 team, and I got to put the Browns. The Cleveland Browns are number 10, folks. Um. Uh, Their offense is good Um, I love their running back by committee Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know, top three Running back by committee in the league And when Baker Mayfield is just playing game manager Football, he gets it done, he's Effective, they win games, now He's still fumbling the ball, he didn't This week, but last week he still Was fumbling the ball three times, so That's still major, when you put all The pressure on Baker Mayfield, he squanders So, that's something that we have To keep in mind, you know, he's losing His head coach for this week, going into the the playoffs, Um, so he's not going to be at 100%. I mean, if this play caller, if Kevin Stefanski is still not calling plays, if the play caller for the Browns is not having a favorable game plan for Baker Mayfield, under 30 passes, really under 20, like it should be like 25 or less passes, maybe 27 or less for Baker Mayfield. Um, so they've got the talent offensively their defense is still pretty good the close win against the Steelers B team a little concerning that it really went down to the wire Mason Rudolph had a chance at the two-point conversion to tie it up and I really don't know if the Browns would have won the game if he did that so all that being said I still like the Browns they still got some talent but of all these other teams they are kind of at the low end so still like the Browns don't get us wrong I still like what Baker Mayfield did this season I still I really like everything about this Browns team but at the end of the day the quarterback is still making critical errors Um, you know we can't really rely on the quarterback and you know we've seen some games where it's been really close like last week not the best so Brown's at number 10 Alrighty, number nine, we are going to keep the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think I actually liked what I saw last week. I mean, against the Browns, being competitive without Big Ben and, you know, your defensive line and still only giving up, you know, 20, what they give up, 24 points. So, that's that's a pretty good win for the Steelers there. Now, they also know the Browns game plan because this was a must-win game for the Browns. So, they kind of showed, they showed a lot, probably a lot more than they wanted to in that game where the Steelers were like, we don't really need to win this game. If we win, great. if we lose, we don't really care. So, uh, Steelers, I think, had the advantage over the Browns because of that reason. Um, you know, full st- full strength with Big Ben. He's healthy. He's rested. I still like it. The offense really kept on track this week. You know, we saw Chase Claypool, or not Chase Claypool? Was it Chase Claypool? Um, at least Deontay Johnson. Uh, let, me, let me. Can I find this game real quick? Where is this game at? Here it is. Um, Steelers receivers. Yeah, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson at the top and Juju Smith-Schuster with all 65-plus yards. So the receivers are still getting their work that they need. That's perfect. So now Big Ben's going to have warmed-up wide receivers still. So perfect there. The defense only gave up 24 points. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. He almost coached Mason Rudolph to a win against the Browns, and a must-win game for the Browns. So all that being said, the Steelers' defense is still good. They're getting healthier. They're getting good at the right time. Uh, The Steelers, Big Ben, he'll be healthy. The offensive line will be healthy because, you know, Marquise Pouncey will be back. Uh, You know, T.J. Watt's going to be at his full potential because he missed a game uh, last week. So, Steelers are healthy. They've got the game plan to beat the Browns. Big Ben, receivers are warmed up. Now, the running game is still an issue. They're still not running the ball really at all or... Effectively at all, so that is definitely something that the Browns have better than the Steelers. But in totality, I'm rocking with the veteran quarterback of Big Ben, who doesn't turn the ball over. Um, the defense, who can create as many turnovers as they want, and uh, you know, warmed up offense. Love to see it. Warmed up receivers for the Steelers. Steelers at nine. Alrighty, new number seven or no, new new number eight team. No longer the Dolphins, obviously. Um, but um, this is a Pretty big drop for them. Um, I'm going to put the Titans at 8. They're they're giving up way too many points that I'm even comfortable with. Now, I love the offense. When everything works, this Titans offense is very good. Everything worked last week because the Texans have no defense. But everything kind of worked for the Texans offense... Not a great sign there. I mean, they put up, what, 38 points. You let that team go down and drive and get a game-tying field goal. That's not good. We got to see a little bit better bending and not breaking Titans defense because so far it's really been breaking every single game the last, you know, three weeks. So they're giving up too many points. Now, they are scoring points, which is good, but they can only score points when Derrick Henry goes off, and that really limits Ryan Tannehill's ability. Uh, So Titans... I like their offense. I love Derrick Henry. He's the best rusher in the league. And Ryan Tannehill has some great weapons. AJ Davis and Corey um AJ AJ Brown and Corey Davis. They're both fantastic, like number one wide receivers. A-1, Tier 1 wide receivers who will go up and get the ball. We saw Ryan Tannehill throw 54 yards at the end of the game to, who was it, Corey Davis? I think it was Corey Davis or A.J. Brown. It was one of the two, um, and he threw 54 yards to him down the field on a big old play to win the game last second. So for that reason, I do like the Titans, but their defense is definitely concerning. Um, They've got to start cleaning it up. They cannot give up that many points, and they had the Ravens this week. Ooh, they've been giving up a lot of points. Ravens are very explosive. We'll see how it goes, but I've been kind of falling off the Titans. I've been a big proponent of the Titans team the entire season, but they're still giving up all those points. I really wanted to see kind of their defense to shore it up at the end of the season, and they haven't. So Titans at eight. Alrighty, number seven, we're keeping the Saints at number seven. Um, Drew Brees, how is he looking? Decent. He had a pretty good game last week. Uh, You know, no running backs and they still managed to put up 33 points. So that's something that we can definitely get behind. Uh, You know, they got weapons everywhere. Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, as I said, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill still. I mean, the defense is just something about them that they commit so many penalties on and I can't really fully buy. I mean, this is like the Saints. This is the same Saints team that I've seen for three straight seasons and they always lose in the playoffs first or second round and no deep playoff runs. So this is still the same team. I do want to buy Drew Brees um, but at the end of the day, these other teams have so much more better, consistent offense. And I got to put the Saints there at number seven and keep them there. Um, I do want Drew Brees to win a ring. I'll be out. I want either Drew Brees or Tom Brady to win because I want to, you know, for to build their resume a little bit more before they, you know, go out. So Or Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of those three quarterbacks. So, Saints... Like their team, but I, I feel like I've seen this one, you know, time and time again. And if we don't kind of start changing our mind, you know, then we're just doing everything that we've done, you know, in the past. We're not learning. We're not changing. So Saints at number seven. Um, all right. Um, new number six team. It's going to be Seattle. I'm falling off hard on Seattle every single week I've tried to you know find some you know silver lining and some angles to play but at the end of the day the offense is not consistent so we got to move the uh, Seahawks down to number 6 now I like the defense of Seattle so that's why it's a you know one spot ahead of the Saints because I like the Saints offense better than the Seahawks offense but I like the Seahawks defense better than the Saints defense and you know going into the playoffs I need a good solid defense in the playoffs defense wins championship folks I mean offense gets you to the playoffs but defense wins you playoff games in the championship so you definitely need both I'm not saying you know one's better than the other um you know they both come in key times like you need a good offense in the regular season to win games and then you need a good defense to you know win the playoff games Uh, that's how I see it so uh Seahawks the offense is not looking good now can they escape you know putting up you know 21 points the entire playoffs and still winning yes they can still do that because you know playoff games probably a little bit lower scoring but You know, DK Metcalf is really falling off. We haven't really seen a big explosion, you know, downfield to him. Really, any big touchdowns by him in the last, you know, seven, eight weeks. Um, Russell Wilson, now they're squeezing out points at the end of games. But we got to have more consistency in this offense. And for that, we got to put them at number six. Now, we still have Russell Wilson, who is a magician and who can really, you know, go out and win any game he wants to. The man's great. So, we still like that mobile, he still has the weapons, it's just they're not putting up any points, so Seahawks at number six. Alrighty, number five, we are big on this team now, Tampa Bay is the new number five team, I mean, this offense is getting hot at the right time, love it, love it, love it, the defense isn't anything special, but, um, you know, the offense is so good that the it just puts extra pressure on the other team's offense, which helps out the Bucks defense, so They've got good runnings. They can stop the run pretty decently. The pass has been yet to be seen. But Tom Brady, if he needs to, he can get out. He can go out into a shootout. I mean, he just put up 44 points last week. That game was kind of turning into a shootout a little bit. You know, Atlanta was putting up the points in the first half, kind of fizzled out a little bit. But uh, you know, Tampa Bay was still putting up the points throughout the entire game, and that's exactly what they needed. Um, you know, Mike Evans getting burned, Antonio Brown getting burned, Scotty Miller getting burned. Gronk getting burned. Everybody is getting passes, touchdowns, you know, reps for Tom Brady for a deep playoff run. So Tom Brady, he can get out into a shootout and he can win it. So we'll have the Tampa Bay Bucks at number five. They are hitting their stride at the right time. And that's, that's really all you can ask for. You know, you could be the Steelers who go 11-0 and 0 and then, you know, be not great down the stretch. Or you can be Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay who kind of, you know, got out to not a great start. A lot of people were talking about them, but they've rallied off, what, four straight wins, something like that. And they're getting better and better. So the offense, watch out. This is Tom Brady, folks. This is Tom Brady we're talking about. Give the man a little respect. We got Tampa Bay at five. Alrighty, number four is going to stay the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know this is the one knock that I have on the Packers, and it's really this these two drives in the third quarter. Like sometimes the offense stalls, and you know they can't. Re- they sometimes they can't get back on rhythm. That's why they have three losses. That's why some games were close. Um, but luckily for this game, they were able to get back on track after you know the failing offense in the second half. You know the punt here, five plays, 16 yards. They punt, and then they come back with a three and out for only nine. yards and they punt again um Luckily for the defense of Green Bay, they still weren't letting Mitch Trubisky do anything. But, I mean, could you imagine if this game got, so let's say, you know, Mitch Trubisky scores a touchdown here and then the Bears take the lead and then the Packers punt and then the Bears get another score. Like, that's why the Packers can lose because, yes, they're good, but, like, they can turn it on at any point, but it, it can turn off at any point. And once it turns off, it is hard to get back on. Um, that's kind of the one the one note I have, and you really wouldn't see it if you don't watch the Packers play every single week i know it's it's hard to put it into words and it's like it sounds easy to say oh yes they're not putting they're not picking out first down so of course they're not putting up points but if you kind of watch and if you can kind of follow the logic and trying to uh understand the words that i'm putting out and if you watch the game it kind of you can kind of piece it together i'm trying to do the best i can describing it um but that's the one knock that i have on them I, i've been having the knock all season um, but Aaron Rodgers at the at the end of the day, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Four touchdowns against the Bears. For eight, he's just so efficient, and that's why the Packers are very good when they're efficient and everything's rolling. They got the running game, they have got the passing game, and they got a pretty good underrated defense. I'd say top seven defense. Am I ready to put it in the top five? No, because they don't. You know, they they're not big, explosive that they can create a turnover whenever they want. But um, you know, it's a very solid defense. Um, so Packers staying at number four. Aaron Rodgers, folks. He's the real deal. Alrighty, new number three team. Um this team made a big old jump this week. The Ravens. New number three team. I mean, folks, that running game. 400 yards, everybody getting it done. They're deep. And then when they need Lamar Jackson to go and throw some balls, he can do that. Three passing touchdowns. Now, he didn't have all the yards, but he didn't need to because, you know, everybody was running fantastic. They put up 400 rushing yards. 400, folks. So the running game is fantastic. At the end of the day, you have to put up points, and Lamar Jackson puts up points better than anybody else in the league or as good as anybody else in the league. So, Ravens and their defense, can we start talking about their? Their defense a little bit more. We want to talk about a top five defense. I think I'm starting to be ready to put Ravens in the top five. Maybe number six. Um, I don't really know who to take out. Dol- oh, Dolphins. Because they're not in it anymore. So we put the Ravens in the top five. Ravens. Rams. Seahawks. Washington. Who would be the top five? Who would be the other one? Steelers. Ravens. Packers. I say we put Packers. Seahawks, Ravens, Packers, Washington, and the Steelers. That's the new top five defense. Maybe you put the Saints in there. But, yeah, Ravens, they're the new top five defense because, you know, we're talking about playoff defenses now. So, yes, Ravens. Defense, fantastic. Offense, fantastic. Lamar Jackson not turning the ball over, scoring touchdowns on the ground, through the air, doesn't matter. Um, Ravens at number three. They're explosive, folks. They're putting up the points. That's At the end of the day, you got to put up some points, and the Ravens are doing that. Alrighty, I told y'all this yesterday. I told y'all this yesterday. We have a new number one, folks. The Bills are no longer number two. The Chiefs are the new number two number two team, folks. Um, let's just fill this out real quick, and then we'll talk about it. So, Bills going to number one. I mean, I told you all this. I mean, what Josh Allen is doing is incredible, incredible. This is one of the best offenses. They're literally picking apart. I mean, we're talking great defenses, Seattle defense, Miami defense. Did they face the Steelers this season? Trying to think if they did or not. But if they did, they probably carved them up too. So um, the Bills defense... It's great. I mean, they didn't let the Dolphins do anything. Now, you know, it was Tua, so. mm. But, you know, the Bills' offense is so good. Everybody getting involved. Josh Allen is spreading the ball around. Yes, he's going to Stephon Diggs healthy, or, um, you know, heavily, healthily. But, um, you know, he's still giving the ball to other players, as we just saw. Isaiah McKenzie. Everybody is ready for the next man up mentality. Everybody wants to, you know, participate and score points because they see everybody else putting up points. They're like... Damn, if I ever get in, I'm putting up points. And that's what they just did last week. You know, some, you know, backups getting in the game late against the Dolphins and still scoring. Josh Allen just not turning the ball over. Yes, he had the one interception, but he cleaned it up and it was a bad read and it was a mistake. Um, you know, he's cleaning it up. He's still not making the mistakes consistently like Baker Mayfield is, like Phillip Rivers is. This offense, they're putting up the points. They're blowing teams out. Their average win a margin, I think I heard, was like 18 points. Are you kidding me? Three scores, that's wild. So Ravens, um, Chiefs, Bills, best offenses in the league. And uh, I think the Bills with Josh Allen they they can do whatever they want they can do whatever they want the schemes the offensive coordinator for this bills uh for this bills team he's going out of his mind crazy folks he's scheming up he knows how to beat every single defense on every single play folks every play works i don't think there was ever a time where they were ever third and third and ten i don't think the bills ever faced a third and ten and if they did they picked it up plus like 20 extra yards so Bills at number one. Now, the Chiefs, week 17, I told y'all I was going to take that into heavy consideration. The Chiefs benched their team. So, okay. Y'all lost because of that. Y'all lost the one seed because of that. Because I didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes again. Now, the one thing that I do kind of like... About the Chiefs, better than I like about the Bills, is that they were able to come adverse, overcome adversity in the season. The Bills have just been blowing out everybody. So, what's going to happen when they get into the playoffs against a, you know, a, a, a kind of an equaler team and, you know, everything's not going right? What if they get down 14 to 7? What if they get down, you know, 21 7? Can Josh Allen lead a comeback then? We haven't really seen that this season, so we have to hold off. But, you know, they're blowing out teams. They haven't had to do that, so. That's the one thing I do like about the Chiefs. They have had some adversity this season. Closer games, not scoring until the fourth quarter, not winning until overtime. So they know what it takes um, to win a championship first of all because they're defending champions and now they know how to, you know, win games close and come out, you know, and still stick to the game plan even though they're losing and everything's not going their way. So that's the one thing we haven't been able to see with the Bills. Will Josh Allen flounder when they're down 21-nothing, when they're down 14-3, when they're down 14-nothing? Will he step up? Can he stick to the game plan? Will he go out of control? I don't think so, but we haven't seen it, so we have to hold off judgment. So, Bills at 1, Chiefs at 2 for all those reasons said. So, the new power rankings going into the playoffs of the wild card of the first round. Here it is. Browns at 10, Steelers at 9, Titans at 8, Saints at 7, Seahawks at 6, Tampa Bay Bucks at 5, Green Bay Packers at 4, the Ravens at 3, the Chiefs at 2, and the mother-loving Buffalo Bills best team in the league I think they win they win it all they have to open up against the Colts talk about easy game oh my goodness I would I want to go out there and beat the Colts I'll uh, a one-man team give it to me give me the ball I'll beat the Colts myself Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today thanks for tuning in thanks for watching we'll be back tomorrow for our wednesday film study uh what else what are we going to be watching we're going to be watching some like playoff teams folks we're going to be watching ravens let's watch the packers a little bit what else do we got to watch here um bills we'll watch the bills got to watch some more josh allen that never gets old Um, let's watch, um, this man for the Rams. We got to definitely keep, uh, eyes on John Walford. We did a whole show about him. He'll probably be playing this week. Most likely don't know if they're going to stick Jared Goff out there. Um, so watch the Rams. We'll watch, uh, who else are we going to watch here? We'll watch a couple other teams. Maybe the Saints, Washington a little bit. We, I do want to kind of watch a little bit more of T- uh, Taylor Heineke. So we'll watch all of that tomorrow on the show, getting us ready to start talking about, uh, you know, the playoffs. So we'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern, live, twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. fans alright y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow.